Welcome to 5 Minutes in Church History, hosted by Dr. Stephen Nichols, where we take a little break from the present to go exploring the past. Travel back in time as we look at the people, events, and even the places that have shaped the story of Christianity. This is our story, our family history. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of 5 Minutes in Church History. On this episode, we are at Seattle at our West Coast Conference, and I happen to bump into Dr. Steve Lawson. Dr. Lawson, it's nice to see you. Thank you very much, and it's wonderful to be with you, Steve. Well, we've had you on this show before. I can't remember if in the past we ever talked about Spurgeon. We have not. Okay, well, we have not. now's a good opportunity. You wrote a book, The Gospel Focus of Charles Spurgeon. I know this is, uh, is going to be hard for you to answer in a short time, but why Spurgeon? What's his significance? Spurgeon, in my estimation, as well as in the estimation of countless authorities, is the prince of preachers, is the greatest preacher of any language since the Apostle Paul. He appeared on the scene of history in the 19th century at the height of Victorian England as language and literature was at a zenith. Spurgeon was the heir of the Puritans as he drank deeply from the theology and the books of the Reformers and the Puritans. And so in a sense, Spurgeon could not have been Spurgeon if he had appeared before the Reformation, mm. if he had appeared before the Puritans. He, he needed to stand on their shoulders in order to reach higher. Mm. He also appeared at a time in history when the use of the English language was at an all-time high. And so these streams merged together. Plus, he had that robust Reformed theology, yet he was evangelistic, and probably the greatest evangelistic pastor to be in one pulpit at one time and to stay there. He pastored for 38 years in London, starting at age 19 until his death in 1892. And Spurgeon was a driven man, and not only did he preach Sunday morning and Sunday night at the Metropolitan Tabernacle and before that at massive uh, auditoriums in London that would hold as many as 20,000 people. Uh, they downsized to go into the Metropolitan Tabernacle that only held 7,000 people, and this without the aid of a microphone. But Spurgeon would also preach throughout the week. He would get on trains and go to churches all around England, Wales, Scotland, etc., preaching the Word of God and to help young ministers in their ministry, to have Spurgeon come and preach on Monday night or Tuesday night was the stamp of authentication upon a young man's ministry. And I have preached in several churches in England. As I walk in the door, they take me over to the guest register and they show me where Spurgeon signed the register. So he put his arms around a generation of young preachers. And though he never went to Bible college and though he never went to seminary, he founded his own pastor's college at, I think it was age 21, because he had so many young men gathering around him just wanting Spurgeon's influence to rub off on them, that it was the best way to pull them together, to put them in one place. And so he founded the, the pastor's college, though he himself had never 
gone to Bible college. He, he was a wealth of theology and, and Bible knowledge. He had a, virtually a photographic memory. He had one of the greatest private libraries in all of England. I heard this. Is this true that he is the most prolific author of all time, that mm-hmm. he has written more than any other person? Yes, because he edited his transcripts, which was his preaching. So he did not sit down and write all these sermons. Uh, He preached it on Sunday. It was set in front of him, uh, triple-spaced on Monday. He would have one pass of an edit. Type would be reset. It was sold on the street corners of London as the Penny Pulpit, and it was then cabled across the Atlantic and sent as far as Australia. He did not actually sit down and write that, per se, but yes, there, there are more words in print by Spurgeon than anyone else. Well, it's very obvious, Dr. Lawson, that we cannot just get all of this into one episode. Let's come back next week. Yes, yes. I'll be there waiting for you. All right. So this is Spurgeon Part 1, and I'm Steve Nichols, and thanks for listening to 5 Minutes in Church History. For more information or to listen to past episodes, please visit 5 History.com.